Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. The crisp autumn air filled my lungs as I set out on a hunting expedition in the woods near our village. As a young Native American, this was my chance to prove my skills and provide for my people. I was eager to show my worth, so I ventured deep into the forest, my bow and quiver slung across my back. Hours passed and the sun began to dip below the horizon. I was relentless in my pursuit, following the tracks of a deer I had been stalking. The colors of twilight painted the sky, and before I knew it, darkness enveloped the forest. The once familiar woods now seemed foreign and menacing, and I suddenly realized I was lost. As I tried to retrace my steps, 
a deep sense of unease settled over me. The silence was shattered by an eerie guttural growl that echoed through the trees. My heart pounded in my chest as I scanned my surroundings, searching for the source of the terrifying sound. That's when I saw it, a hulking, monstrous figure with hollow eyes and a gaunt skeletal frame, shrouded in the shadows of the moonlit woods. I instantly recognized the creature from the stories my elders had shared around the fire. A wendigo, a malevolent spirit that haunted the land, driven by an insatiable hunger for human flesh. Before I could react, the wendigo lunged at me with lightning speed, its gnarled claws digging into my shoulders. I fought with every ounce of my strength, struggling to break free from its grasp. In a desperate bid for escape, I kicked the creature, momentarily stunning it. Seizing the opportunity, I scrambled to my feet and bolted deeper into the woods. My heart raced as I sprinted through the darkness, the wendigo's enraged howls close behind me. I ran until my legs burned and my lungs screamed for air. Somehow, by sheer luck or perhaps the guidance of my ancestors, I stumbled upon the familiar path that led back to my village. I burst through the edge of the forest, breathless and wild-eyed, my clothes torn and my body covered in scratches. My people gathered around me, their expressions a mix of concern and disbelief as I recounted my harrowing encounter with a wendigo. But as I spoke, I could see the skepticism in their eyes. They whispered among themselves, dismissing my story as the product of overactive imagination or perhaps the result of some bad medicine. No matter how passionately I pleaded my case, they remained unconvinced. In the end, my experience with the Wendigo was a tale known only to me. Though my tribe never believed my story, I knew the truth of what I had faced in those dark woods. It became a personal reminder of the mysteries and dangers that lurked in the shadows, and of the importance of respecting the ancient legends that had been passed down through generations. From that day forward, I carried the memory of the Wendigo with me, a constant reminder that our world is full of unseen forces, and that sometimes the line between myth and reality is much thinner than we might think. My father and I were camping in a semi-remote area when I was about seven. We spent the day setting up camp where he showed me how to assemble the tent and how to bait my fishing hook. I slipped and fell into the water where we were fishing and I remember hearing my dad yell my name several times before I surfaced. The water wasn't very deep and I pulled myself onto the rocks with the help of my dad. About an hour later, it's getting dark and my dad builds a big fire. He excuses himself as I assume he went to take a piss and I'm all alone. I sat listening to the crackling of the fire when I heard a voice call my name from the wooded area we walked through earlier. It wasn't a shout but the inflection and tone was the exact same as my father's earlier, but it did not sound like my dad. I remember how confused I felt, for all intents and purposes, it had to be my dad, but something was very off. I heard my name again, 
this time closer, and I almost walked over to it because who else would know my name out there? Right as I'm about to walk over, I see my dad walking out of the adjacent woods, and I ask if he called me. He said no, and I, I thought he was messing with me, so I let it go. The next day, I got really sick, and we packed up and left. I haven't thought of that in years, and something I saw on TV reminded me of that. Anyways, just thought I'd share. Thanks for reading. I used to on a Bible quiz team in Texas. For those who don't know, trust me, I understand why people wouldn't. Bible quiz teams memorize chapters of the Bible and go to tournaments that quiz the participants on different aspects of the chapter and verses. If you get top three in the state nationals is next. We ended up the top of our state and won a trip to St. Louis, Missouri, all expenses paid. My dad went with us, which was awesome, because my dad is a not super strict Christian and just came with us to hang out and chaperone. While we were at one tournament, he took the day to see our Cajun family, who had moved up to St. Louis. He met us back at an ice cream parlor and looked sweaty and stressed. He pulled me aside and told me on his way back from seeing my tante and uncle he was driving and a car kept tailgating him. He said he tapped the brakes and started to get pissed off like he normally does, but he had a bad feeling so he switched Lana lanes to let them pass. The car pulled up to keep speed, and he swears he saw a man with no face staring at him from the passenger side of the other car. He said he felt sick and terrified. You have to understand my dad is United States Marine Corps Vietnam, and he's seen some pretty horrific things in his life. This situation freaked him out so much he asked me not to tell the team about it and to this day he doesn't like to talk about it. He's pretty sensitive to paranormal occurrences, but this is one story he says still scares him. I didn't think about it until I heard similar stories and related the stories my great-grandma told. She was full-blooded Cherokee. On my dad's side, we have Navajo roots so far as I've been told. Did he see a skinwalker that day? Does it relate to our background in blood? I've always been curious and creep her out by this story. A little background info. I'm a 27-year-old guy from Norway who lives in the western part of Norway. I work and have a girlfriend. I'm 194 centimeters tall, or 6 feet 4, in the United States, 230 pounds, fairly athletic, and not scared of much here in life, but that night, I got incredibly scared. I haven't walked, camped, or done anything in the woods here, since. I have been in the woods since, but not in this particular part of the country. I have always loved the forest. It's so quiet. 
I love being alone, actually. If I had spare time, I always like to do things outside. Whether it be fishing, jogging, playing soccer, basketball, hiking, or whatever, really. Now, on to the encounter. The day was very normal. It was a Saturday afternoon. I had packed my tent and some food and was heading to the local mountain for a one-night camping trip. It wasn't a very difficult hike, but it was a very steep one. After two, three hours, even though I'm in respectable shape, I am heavy and long. I was pretty tired. I didn't have any mobile phone or clock with me, but my best guess is that the time was around 8 p.m. It's not that easy to guess the time, since the sun is up almost all day and all night when it's summertime in Norway. It was a nice and clear Norwegian evening. It was typical summer weather. I made a fire and cooked some food. I had a couple hot dogs and a pack of marshmallows with me. After a couple of hours, I eaten my food. Actually, I felt a little sick because I ate probably ten too many of the marshmallows. I had enjoyed my meal and taking in the heat of the fire, thinking what a lovely evening it was. Eventually, it started to get somewhat dark. I'm gonna say the time was probably around 11 p.m. I had planned to kick back and read, but it became a little too dark to do that, sure. I could see in all, but it became a little hard on the eyes to concentrate on the letters. I probably was a little too tired also. Suddenly, I heard a noise from a bush to my right. I turned to look in that direction and saw it just standing there. It was standing to my right and kind of ahead of me. I've listened to reports, and they all say it is some big seven, nine-feet monster of a beast. This one really wasn't that big. I would say it was six feet at the most, but it shook me hard. In one moment, I was enjoying a nice evening by myself, and in the next moment, I felt extremely startled. It was breathing heavy, like a very tired man, but it sounded animal-like, wild and weird. It sounded like it had throat problems, or slime in his throat or something. I really don't know how to describe it with writing. I was still sitting at this point and just looked at it. I believe I was actually frozen in fear. I have never, ever encountered anything other than a deer in the woods. The most dangerous animal we have in this area is probably a fox. The creature was frozen as well. It was standing on two legs with its arms down at its sides. I can't say how many seconds we both stayed like this. Of course, it felt like forever, an eternity. I couldn't see its eyes because they were dark and kind of in the shadow of its brow or socket. And it also had some hair, but its head was fixed on me. That I could tell. I was just sitting there paying attention to what it was doing. I didn't utter a word at it or yell. It just wasn't something I considered doing. 
I was afraid of making the first move. Now, you know how a cat's lily moves its paws ahead when it thinks it's safe or when it thinks its prey isn't paying attention? Well, to me, that was what it started doing. The incident ended with me throwing a handful of red glowing sticks from the fire at it. When I did that, it bolted. I will tell more if you contact me. I live in Connecticut, in the middle of the woods. My dad is not the type to believe in any kind of supernatural phenomena, and he's a pretty logical person. Some background. A few years ago, a friend of mine who lives nearby saw a crawler in his backyard. It was terrifying for him. He was shaking as he told me about his experience. He's not the type to make up stories, and I could tell he wasn't trying to bluse me. My dad and I were discussing creatures in the woods a couple nights ago, raccoons, deer, etc., when I mentioned cryptids. My dad then proceeded to tell me a story of him and his friend spotting one on his friend's security camera. He gave me an exact detailed description of a crawler. Every detail was accurate to both my friend's description from that story years back and from stories I've read online. I explained what crawlers are and told him of my friend's experience. He's been freaked out ever since, understandably so. He hadn't heard of crawlers before I told him, but says that's definitely what he saw. Initially, he thought a friend or the camera company was playing a prank, but whatever he saw was definitely real. He says whenever him or any of his friends are alone at the site of the sighting, they feel totally unnerved, like they're being watched or stalked, wanted to post about it just need to say, for the record, I do believe in these things. Super interesting phenomena, and although I myself am a skeptic, you can't deny that there's something out there. Thanks for reading. Very early morning woke up to a loud walking noise in the gravel outside my house. I looked towards the window and noticed that the sensor light turned on. I walked up to the window and I looked out and saw a large shadowy figure walking across the road. It looked to be around six or seven feet in height. Later the next morning, I heard branches falling. It was terrifying, because as I heard the branches falling, I heard this high-pitched squeal that was very frightening. It also appeared as if there were more than one of these creatures. My sister and I were on our way to Calamath Falls. We were just on the west side of Oak Ridge on Highway 97 and all of a sudden two cars in front of us stopped. And this large hairy thing over seven feet tall lumbered on hind legs across the highway. 
from the north side to the south side. It was moving quite quickly and disappeared into the woods of the south side of the road. I went on vacation with my aunt and uncle in the early 90s, probably 91 or 92. I was 11 or 12. They had no kids and could sometimes drink too much and be unpleasant. They drove a big fifth-wheel type RV and would park it for a few days at a time at various campsites. One night while in rural Texas we parked and they got into a very unpleasant argument and I decided to run away. In my child's mindset, more likely I decided to get their attention and scare them into halting their fight. I took my backpack, some sodas, a flashlight, and chips. It was probably 10 or 11 p.m., and it was a very hot night, and there was a very bright moon out. I started to wander off into the woods and followed an old-looking wire fence that was probably six or eight feet tall. I must have walked for 30 or 45 minutes, and I came to a clearing. I slipped under the fence where the ground had eroded and walked probably a good two miles, three kilometers, along the tree line that bordered the clearing. There were occasional concrete structures that looked like they were from the 50s or 60s. I went into the largest one in the main room, which was three-fourths of the structure, was perhaps 20 feet by 30 feet with no windows and empty except for some rusted-out chairs and what looked like elevator doors against the far wall where you would expect an entrance to the other section of the building. In the opposite corner was a hatch with a metal ladder protruding. I tried to open the elevator-looking doors, but they wouldn't pry open or I wasn't strong enough. So I put on backpack and decided I would climb down the ladder of the hatch and see if there was a basement. After about what had to be 100 rungs, I started to get really freaked out and panicky. My backpack was on and I had no way to go grab my flashlight without taking a hand off the ladder, which I was terrified to do. I felt like it was more energy for some reason to start heading back up the ladder, so I just kept slowly shuffling down, letting gravity do most of the work. I decided after what had to be another 100 rungs that I had made a huge mistake and started crying. I didn't feel like I'd ever make it back up. I kept going down and down and down. In my mind, I thought if I could somehow reach the bottom that I'd be able to rest, drink a soda, and then make it back up. After what seemed like 45 minutes or maybe longer, my feet hit the ground. I got out my light and shined it around. I could see similar elevator doors, like from above, that matched the location of the others. However, opposite those was a curved tunnel that was lined with some sort of ceramic-looking tile that felt rough like stone. I shined by light down it, and the distance swallowed it up. 
What was weird is that it smelled very much like the ocean, and there was a very cool breeze and sort of an electric hum, like your neighbor's central air conditioning unit running in the quiet of the night. I rested for maybe 15 minutes, too terrified to go down that tunnel until I felt refreshed enough to climb back up the ladder. I tried to count the rungs, but lost count at about 50 when I heard feet shuffling below me and could see the hole beneath my feet illuminate with light. Through the wall, I could hear what had to be that elevator starting to ascend upwards. I've been very fortunate in my life, and when I was 18 years old, I went on a two-month canoeing trip through a young men's Christian association camp. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We went into northern Nunavut, Canada, Google Maps Gary Lake for a good idea where this was. So my guide is in the stern of the canoe, and I'm in the bow, front. It's currently drizzling, cold, and we are ready to set up camp to be done for the day. Suddenly, I hear my guide make a noise between surprise and terror. It wasn't a scream, but it wasn't a normal noise. Then I feel the canoe wobble. Now I think that it's from him moving around, but when I turn around to look at him, I see something that my mind wasn't ready to comprehend. It was the dorsal fin of a fish in its back. It was still mostly submerged, but there was three feet in length of fish and what seemed like a table of width. Keep in mind that this is fresh water. There are no salt water monsters that come from the ocean up here. I look at my guide in terror because I'm afraid it's going to numb into us again and tip us. Because of the amount of gear, we only had three inches of freeboard. He looks back at me and gets one of those crazy idea smiles on his face. I understand what he wants to do right away. He starts to get the fishing rod with a 30-pound test line as I find the net to help catch it. He puts the spoon on as a lure and puts the line in the water, and we canoe out with the line dragging a little bit behind us. We wait for about two minutes, and we get a bite. 
It was a small fish for up there low. It was about 10 pounds and 20-ish inches. He reels it in, and I try to get it in the net. Except I half up, and it swims away real fast. So my guide is fighting this fish to get it back when the big-ass fish comes along and eats the fish. We've been trying to get off the line. Now by the transitive property of the small fish we caught being inside the big fish, we have the big fish on the line. So it should be an easy-peasy just reel it in right. Nope. That fish swims away at a leisurely pace, and it drags us with it. Our canoe that weighs about 900 pounds with us. Inside it is being dragged along by this fish. I start freaking out because, yeah, no, we messed with something in its domain, and it has more power than we do. So I ask, what do we do? And my guide just says, paddle hard white water strokes. So I paddle hard, and my guide steers us to the nearest shoreline. After a very difficult paddle, we get there and hop out. My guide fights the fish for about ten minutes to tire it out while we come up with a plan. I stand out in the water, freezing my ass off, but standing still so I appear to just be a big rock to the fish. Once the fish seems to be sufficiently tired, my guide slowly reeled it in near me. It drifts up to me, and I bear hug it out of the water. Now allow me to explain the dimensions of this fish. It was longer than my leg, about four feet, and it had a circumference of about a circular human chest. As I bear hug, it was realized that I was not ready for this big of a fish. I will underestimate, I actually am. This isn't the old man fishing story, and say it weighed 40-45 pounds. So I get it partly in the air, and the fish wriggles. That wriggle almost put me in the water and allowed the fish to go free. My guide panics and tries to reel the fish in. Instead of that, he ripped the smaller fish out of its stomach, the monster fish. Oh, for those curious, I think it was a lake trout. Gets away, and the small fish is partly digested. The whole experience was so spooky to me because I realized how easily nature will dwarf human strength. I understood more what lurks in the waters, and I was terrified that there were probably fish that ate the big fish, just like the big fish ate the smaller fish. I have more stories like this from that trip, but I think that one freaked me out the most. A few years ago, I used to have to do a long drive from northern Illinois down to western Kentucky about twice a month. I had gotten to the point where I knew the drive like the back of my hand. Sometimes it was actually a lot better to make the drive early evening and do a bulk of the nine-hour drive through the night getting me there about 1.32 a.m. 
No traffic, and in the summer it was relaxing to drive with all the windows down. After crossing into Kentucky, there was about two hours of road without even highway lights. But like I said, I'd done it so many times before. One of my last trips, I'd been heading down that stretch, and I had my brights on, and the distance on my driver's side of the shoulder, I could see what I thought was a deer. Got a little closer, and I realized it was a wolf. Now I'm coming up on this, and it's on all fours. But its back had to be almost level with the roof of my sedan. I thought wholly of that thing's huge. Now I'm doing probably 80 miles per hour, and I swear we lock eyes. I can feel him looking directly at me. I'm getting closer and closer. Now I can actually see his teeth. I couldn't believe what I was seeing was an actual animal. Then as I'm probably 50 feet from this thing, about to pass it on the driver's side, Shoulder it stood up on two legs, still staring directly into my eyes. I passed, and the rest of the drive I tried to figure out what I had seen, or should I loop back. I never told anyone that story, because most people would say, Oh, it was late. Your mind was messing with you, but still, to this day, I won't forget how long that stare down was. I can't help but think I didn't catch him by surprise. More like he wanted me to see him, and if he really wanted to stop me, he could have. When I was a kid, I had a terrifying experience, which although I have grown out of, I still remember it, and it kind of bring me chills. One day I was sleeping and had the habit of covering my face while sleeping. I woke in the middle of the night somewhere between two or three hours. So I took the cover off cause it was hot hands. Then I saw a huge dark figure with big horns standing in the middle of the room. I was terrified and screamed from the fear and immediately covered my face under the blanket, which I stayed under crying from fear till morning. When I had the courage to take off the cover, I was relieved that nothing was there anymore. I always thinking that maybe I am just imagining because your brain can play tricks on you in the darkness and I was specifically scared of the idea of ghosts and demons and was uh, afraid to sleep alone as a kid. So maybe it was not real. But what I can tell you is that I was not dreaming that night and what I described is exactly what I saw. If any had any experiences like this share, it is good to talk about it so we can feel better move on. Cause ever since that time, I didn't experience any of that, not even sleep paralysis. So whatever it is, it feeds over your fear. Or it is just a fearful kid's hallucination in the dark. I remember when I was 16, me and my friends were out. It was me, my friend Jay, and Harley. 
We were in this decently large park or lake with massive grass hills surrounding it. After finishing school, we decided to go to the park or lake, and by this time it was dark. Since it being winter, we had walked up this hill with a forest line to our right and thick grass bushes behind us. Sitting down, we could see our whole city lit up, and we were just talking, and I can't recall what about. Some point onwards, my friend Jay, who was the loud type, started whistling and shouting because of the echo you could hear. When from behind us, we all heard at the same time a whistle back, the same tone and pitch, almost the same. We all looked at each other with a confused look on our faces when my friend whistled back, and after a couple seconds, once again we heard the same whistle from the bushes. I know it couldn't have been the echo, because by the time whatever had repeated the whistle, the echo was gone. Now, stupidly, my friend decided to shout at it, provoking it not knowing what it is, and this made my heart drop to my feet. A somewhat rough try at what he said screamed back at us, faint but clear. At this point, me and Harley were debating leaving, but Jay said, Now, man, come. Let's check it out. Don't be pussies. So we followed him, for context in the next part. While walking to the bushes about 200 feet to the right was a passage of sorts that when you walked, though, after about a minute led to a main road. As Jay was walking closer to the bushes, we were straying off a bit to the exit or passage, and we were telling him, common man, let's just go. I know me and Harley were thinking the same thing, that we hadn't known him that long. And a lot of what he said sounded and probably was a load of BS. But after this, I trusted him with my life. Jay started to say he saw and was seeing something. So I said to him, what do you see? And he said like eyes. At this point, I thought he was lying. But then between him, the bushes and the moon lit sky. I saw something dart out the bushes at him. I thought what the, uh, uh, me and Harley looked at each other and ran through the passage. Jay started to scream while running. I was picturing it in my head. It must have been at least six feet tall, and it was skinny with long limbs, but a human-sized head. When we reached the road, we looked back. I could feel my heart in my chest and the adrenaline flowing. We shouted, Jay! And after about five minutes, he fell to our feet out the dark. And we sat him up and asked what was that. He said, confused and with a dull look in his eyes. I'm not sure. We walked as far away from there, and after about an hour of walking, we parted ways, not talking about what just happened in disbelief. But the next day we met up, and he was covered in black and yellow bruises. Now, I still don't have any evidence except this story, and sorry for the bad punctuation and spelling. But I waned to share this story and see what you think.
First and foremost, I have zero idea of what this could be. We have a playful humanoid hanging around our family and copying the appearance of my brother and I. I have never seen it myself, but my family has seen it in places they know I and my brother cannot be in, like in the basement when I was still sleeping upstairs. The one time I caught sight of it, I saw its silhouette in the kitchen, standing in front of the stove and framed by the light the clock on the stove was giving off. It wasn't moving, and I didn't acknowledge it when I noticed it. The strange detail was I could only see it in one of my eyes. The other one could see right through him. It moves things around and can even slam doors. I witnessed it flipping a hat off a rack in my room and slamming the pantry door in the kitchen late at night. To my knowledge, it has never spoken so I think it cannot copy our voices, or just doesn't have a tongue. But I have woken up in the middle of the night to hear pained crying. Had a dream of drowning and woke up unable to breathe for a few moments as I heard my phone making the sound of water when there wasn't any apps playing music. When I go for walks at night, I can see it at the edges of my flashlight's range always watching me. I'm pretty sure it's not a doppelganger or skinwalker, but I don't know. Get it? This all took place at and around my parents' house in Florissant, Missouri. Now I have one humanoid story that was relayed to be my best friend. To preface, I have, after much pressing, heard him relay other stories or legends he has heard from his family, and basically describing crawlers. Without giving them the name, he and another mutual friend were on a hike deep into a camping spot called Jack's River Falls in North Georgia. Once there, they settled in for the night around a fire. They heard what they thought was a bear trudging on the outside of their camp. These guys are mountain folk and not easily spooked, but they didn't enjoy the vibe that was in the air. They then heard this same sound, but this time above them. They could hear whatever this large thing was jumping in the trees, this time all around them, staying in the top levels. Finally, a large branch broke off and fell right behind them. This was enough to grow the fire as large as they could and keep their pistols on their side. That's pretty much the end of the story, but they stayed up all night and got the half day there as soon as day broke. I grew up in the 1980s and 1990s, born in 83. One day as a young kid, five years old, I was at my friend Josh's house. He lived two doors up, which for me was as far as I could go on either side of my house at five years old. 1988. Luckily, all of my closest friends as a kid lived within that quadrant. 
Josh and I were in his basement, which was a finished basement that had a heather-slash-brown carpet, a nice large fireplace, and a big TV in the main room of the basement. We would often be down there in the morning just before or after breakfast as his mom would be watching me in the morning. We grew up around older kids, and I had two older brothers myself, so we often heard of freaky ghost stories even at a young age, but nothing really similar to what we saw that day. What our childhood minds ultimately dubbed the blonde thing, we were playing with action figures and watching TV. I remember us laughing and playing, and we both noticed movement about ten feet away from us at the other side of the room. We were the only ones in the basement. His mom was right near the top of the stairs in the kitchen with his baby brother Nathan. We both just looked toward the motion to see a very short, about 3.5 feet tall, humanoid figure going around the corner down the short hallway to the back basement bedroom. She was bobbing her head from side to side as she rounded the corner. We saw her for maybe three seconds. I say she and her because what we saw of the figure was long, long, curly, light blonde hair, almost white, draped over shoulders and her back. The hair was so long that it was almost to the floor. She was bobbing slash, bouncing her head from shoulder to shoulder like a kid would be if she were skipping and playing. We both screamed and ran upstairs as fast as we could. I didn't see a face or clothes. All we really saw was the long hair draped over what was clearly a small human girl, shaped figure. We didn't know how to really describe how or what to call it, but Shirley talked about it, and we always referred to it as the blonde thing. Now this happened in 1988. In 2018, I hadn't thought about the blonde thing since the last time I mentioned it, probably 15 years ago, and hadn't thought about it in as long. Josh sent me a friend request on Facebook after not having heard from each other since the mid-90s in middle school. He messaged me on Facebook, and when I opened it, it was the, hey, how have you been, dude, kind of letter. But at the end, he wrote, remember the blind thing. I felt like the adults in the movie IT must have felt like when they get the phone call where... Mike tells them it's back. The memory just came flooding back. The crazy thing is we saw it one other time, outside in the backyard of our neighbor Leodo's house. No shit. Same thing. Literally saw a skipping, short-figured with the almost white hair down to the ground go into the wood line behind the house. I attempted to do research to see if other people have ever sighted similar creatures or entities. The closest thing I could find is some old Germanic folklore about long blonde-haired entities that look like girls try to steal babies from homes. Curious as to if anybody has seen something similar. Thanks.